Happy Sabbath, everybody. If God is, God is so good, say amen. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Just type amen in the chat there for me. I welcome you all those who are connected via the internet, Facebook, and YouTube, wherever you are. Thank you very much for joining us, and we are truly honored by your presence and with us. I am confident that the Lord will speak to you through this message, and the Lord will specially bless you. I want to thank the AV team for making this broadcast possible, and in Jesus' name, God will supply all our need, and may his blessing fall upon your children this morning. Our subject today is, don't be anxious. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your love. A love that we do not understand in depth. A love that brought the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for what you have done, you are doing and continue to do for us. Bless us, Lord, and we are honored to be in your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, cleanse us, wash us from all sin and unrighteousness. Bless your word. Bless your people. And may we be, be, be confident that we're going to receive a message from your throne. I humble myself in Jesus' name. Don't be anxious. It may interest you to know that the Bible forbids people to be anxious. Like you didn't hear what I say. It may interest you to know that the Bible forbids people or God's people to be anxious. Let us turn to Matthew, the, uh, the sixth chapter and the 24th verse. Matthew, the very, uh, Matthew, the very first book in the, in the New Testament, the sixth chapter, we are going to look at verses 25 to 34. Let's go. Don't be anxious. Verse 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink nor yet for your body what it shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barn. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not more better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto his stature? Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30, wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is tomorrow, is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, Take no thought, saying, what shall he eat, or what shall he drink, or what shall he wherewithal be clothed? For our, all of these things do the gentle seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that he have need of all these things. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Verse 34, take no thought, therefore, for tomorrow. I want to tell you something this morning, brethren and sisters and friends. 
I must say that there are millions of people who have lost their jobs temporarily. They have been suspended because of this COVID-19 and the closure of schools and businesses and many organizations. Notwithstanding the fact that families are hurting, many are mourning, and there's so much difficulty across the land, and, and, and there's widespread of anxiety. Rent has to be paid. Groceries have to be bought. Children have to be clothed. These are not imaginary needs. These are present needs that people have in the, in the millions in our world, including my country, Trinidad and Tobago, the capital of the Caribbean, or the financial capital of the Caribbean. And so the subject, don't be anxious, is very fitting for the times in which we live. Matthew 6, uh, we read in 25 to 34, you'll observe that in verse 26, Jesus closes it by saying, are ye not much more better than they? I'll tell you this this morning. Who stands closer to God, a bird or a human being for whom Christ died? Who is God more willing to take care of, a crow or a Christian? And so Jesus says, are ye not much better than they? Now of the birds, he said, they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into bands. And I want you to notice from verse 28 to 34, we are told three times, take no thought. In other words, don't be anxious. So Jesus is saying, take no thought, don't be anxious. The question then becomes, to whom was Jesus speaking? Don't be anxious. Did he say that to the whole world? Did he say that to his disciples? To whom was Jesus speaking when he said, don't be anxious? Let's go to Matthew 5, we'll read from verse 1. Our subject is, don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be stressed. Oh, I do not know where to turn. Matthew 5, 1 to 2 says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was uh, set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them. Jesus was addressing the disciples. And I can quickly add, the multitudes obviously overheard because they always followed Jesus. When Jesus said, come, ye and set yourselves apart, and rest a while, they, the disciples, went off into the wilderness, and the multitude followed them. That was when they fed the 5,000, and, 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 and with, with loaves and fishes. And Jesus was addressing his disciples. So the lifestyle describing the sermon on the mount is not for an unbeliever, but for a child of God. Having said that, let us go back to chapter 6, Matthew. This time we will read verse 24. Our subject is, don't be anxious. It says, no man can serve two masters. Pause. The question for us, how many masters do we serve? Is it God on the weekend and the devil during the week? Is it God on the weekend for two hours and mammon during the week? How many masters do we serve, Jesus says. 
No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. In this verse, Jesus is calling us to examine our relationship with him, our loyalty to him. Are we 100% for Jesus with no room for the world? These are the ones Christ clearly is addressing when he says, no man can serve two masters, which means when you accept me as your Lord, your master, 100%, hate one, love the other, hold to the one, despise the other. Beloved friends, when we think about this, we often see that the Bible is a book of sharp opposites. Romans 6.16 Know ye not to whom ye yourself, yourselves, servants to obey. His servants ye are to whom ye obey. Whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Life, sin unto death, or obedience unto life. Opposites. In Deuteronomy 30.19, I call heaven and the oath to record. This day against you, I set before you life. I set before you death, blessings and cursings. There is no similarity between life and death. There is no similarity between cursing and blessing. What am, I, what am I saying? I am saying when someone loves Jesus and hates the world, it becomes very evident that that person belongs totally to God, to Jesus themselves, take no thought. Because when you accept me into your life, and I am your Lord, it becomes my responsibility to care for you, Jesus is saying. Any good parent takes care of his or her child with the full responsibility to provide for that child. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers going out there this morning. Jesus is saying, when I am your Lord, without competition from Satan, nothing to worry about. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor get for your body what you shall put on when Jesus is your Lord 100%. The question is, is Jesus 100% in your life and my life? Let's take a dramatic look at this play as it playing out in the life of a lady. 1 Kings 17. We'll read from verse 1. Our subject is, don't be anxious. First Kings 17, reading, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. Elijah tells Ahab, a drought or a famine is coming. Verse 2, get the hands and turn the eastward and hide thyself by the brook chariot. That is before Jordan, verse 4. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. A famine is coming. God knows that he is the one who is sending it. <coughs> In a certain sense, Elijah is a servant, we know that, 100%. And God tells Elijah, you, 
Go stay by that brook. Stay until I call you. I will send the ravens to feed you. I'll provide clear waters in the form of a brook. No, God hasn't changed. Somebody say amen. God has not changed. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and, and, and dwelt by the, by, by the brook, Sherit, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. This is Elijah. We, you know, sometimes we read the Bible, and we read of certain events, and we close the book and, and walk away as if God can no longer do these things. We view God as being different in the, in the Old Testament from what he can do in the New Testament. Surely, from which he evidences himself in this modern age, we think that God is different. But I tell you, the Bible tells us, every good gift and perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of light with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, James 1.17. Malachi 3.6. I am the Lord. I change not. Somebody say amen. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What God did back then. Let me see this. I want you to listen to this carefully. What God did back then, if God deems it necessary, he's going to do it again. We must stop restricting God by showing him how difficult the situation is. A bad economy is a problem for me, not for God. Joblessness is a problem for me, not for God. God is omnipotent, therefore my intelligent decision must be get close to him. Verse 7 and 8. And it came to pass after a while. The brook dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying. Arise, get thee to Zarephath. Which belongeth to Zidon. And dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow. Thee there to sustain thee. God is a God of variety. Somebody say amen. He could have continued to use the ravens to satisfy and take care of Elijah. But he says, enough of ravens. How will I use a widow woman to take care of you? Elijah did not know that. <laughs> he did not know that at all. All Elijah knew that this is my God and I am faithful to him. He had no clue of what God is going to do. The lady did not know. She was handpicked by God to take care of Elijah. I want to tell you all something. There are people that are handpicked or there are people that God handpicks to be a blessing to other people. I have seen it in my own life over and over again. There is someone listening to me right now that God has handpicked you to be a blessing to someone else. I have seen it in my own life. Blessings come to me and life. And as these blessings flow, God used me to be a small blessing to somebody. I tell you, verse 9. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Verse 10. 
So he arose and went to Zarephath. That's Elijah. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Verse 11. And she was going to fetch it. As she was going to, 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 to get it for him, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Verse 12. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. God is a God of variety. And as he continued there, he continued to, 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 to use Elijah. And as he continued to, to, to use Elijah, Elijah told, go to the woman and said, look, I want you to make me a cake first. And as you make me that cake first, then you will be able to make cake for your, you and your son. Brethren, that woman was going through tough times. We are going through tough times in Trinidad and Tobago and many countries around the world because of this thing has been imposed upon us called COVID-19. And she said, I'm about to make the last cake. I will split it between myself and my son. We will eat it. And at least we will die with something in our stomach. Verse 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. But make me, O Lord, have mercy. Make me thereof a little cake first. I want you to place emphasis on that word first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Elijah said, and bring it unto me. And after make for thee and for thy son. I'll tell you something this morning, brethren and friends. Any preacher who tells someone that today would be described as cold, heartless, unfeeling, brutal, and self-seeking. To tell someone who is out of work and just got a gift of about $2,500, TT, who has rent to pay, food to buy, tuition to, <coughs> to, 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 to look after, and someone generously gave that individual $2,500. And the preacher tells that lady, you need to return a tithe and offering. And the world can't understand why a preacher will be so harsh. That is not being harsh. That is being helpful. And I tell you this, God adds by subtracting. God multiplies by dividing. Elijah told that woman, make me a little cake first. When he said, make me a little cake first, Elijah represented God. I want you to understand that. Understand that clearly as he represented God, verily as Moses represented God. 
make it for me. In other words, put God first. And bring it unto me. Make sure I'm taken care of. When you make it and you, you brought it, then go and take care of, uh, of you and your son. That is putting God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Regardless of economic conditions, God must be first. Are you listening to me this morning? Someone like that falls under Matthew 6.25. Take no thought for your life. Just put God first. First Kings 17.14. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil uh, uh, fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And brethren, I love verse 15. Oh my God, have mercy upon us this morning. And she, it, the, the verse 15 ends like this. And she and her house did eat many days. Somebody see me. I am the Lord, I change not. That is the God we serve today. The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, or forever. So I want to tell you something this morning. The cure for anxiety for the Christian is total surrender to God alone. Let me repeat that. The cure for anxiety is total surrender uh, to God alone. Surrender to God knowing that he takes care of his. Let me say it again. The cure for anxiety for a child of God, harsh as it may sound, is total surrender to God alone, to hate the world, love not the world, to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your might, and then watch him take care of you miraculously. You are looking at someone who knows what I am talking about. About 10 years ago, my son was in medical school. And I remember distinctly, and thank God for the government for gate at that time. But you have other expenses, accommodation, food, you had to give allowances. So this run in the, he was in his third or fourth year. This run into thousands of dollars. And I tell you this morning, brethren, God is so real. I go to God, I say, Lord, you have seen the situation. Help me and do something for me, Lord. Brethren, God is a good God. I tell you this morning, God is a good God. And you know when my son called me, he, he had a way. He used to carry on a journey with conversation. And when he almost reached to the end, he said, Daddy, don't forget to top up the card. When I came off the phone, they came off the phone. I go now to the bank. And you know you can use your telephone to go to the bank, into your account in the bank. I was going for the, the monthly salary. Because I know what I was expecting. When I hold the amount in the account, Lord, have mercy. If not blown away, I had to call someone I knew in the bank to verify the amount. She says, yes, that came in. 
I kind of right know what I say, Lord, what is this? But not what is this? God is real. I call my employer. He say, yes, the amount is correct because we had an arrest for you over the years and we decided to pay it this month. I said, Lord, you are a good God. God knows how to bless people. He may not bless you as how he blessed me. He may bless you with more. But the point I want to establish here, I said, Father, you know how to take care of your people. So you look out for someone who knows. You are looking at someone who knows what God can do. I tell you the answer for anxiety is to get close to God. Make his will your will. Make his business your priority. And God is obligated to take care of, of, of his. Watch this. God will try you sometime. He will bring us to a tough place to test us. But I want to tell you, brethren, as your heart is beating, God will not abandon us. So let me speak to the person who has lost his job. Bible says in Genesis 2.1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the hosts of them, and on the seventh day God ended his work. Watch this. God is the first person in the Bible to work. He understands work. Now, the fourth commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. If God commands me to work six days, he must do something to provide me with a job. You see, the commandment is not only to work, but to work and then rest. Somebody say amen. So if you're a child of God, and you go to God, and you say, Father, you commanded me to rest, but the commandment tells me also to work. Oh God, I need a job which will allow me to return a faithful tithe and offering. So what God will do, are you following me, brethren? Take God at his word. He will provide for you regardless of the situation. you homeless this morning. God provided a home for Adam. These are not words out of the air. This is reality. God built the first home. So he is the first person to work. Built the first home. Made first provision of food. He knows how to take care of his. But we must be his. Somebody say amen. Now you may see the wicked flourishing. Yes. Job saw that. And was bothered. David saw it and almost lost his faith. But the wicked may foolish for now, but then they're gone. God's people may suffer for now, but they have an endless life of bliss and blessings ahead of them. Are you listening to me this morning? He will interpose. He will intercede. He will intervene to ease your circumstance. So God's children need not worry. Let me also give you a word of comfort. Even if you are not a child of God, God still wants to bless you. 
Matthew 5, 45. That he may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth the rain on the just and on the just. God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And now I have a question for you. I want you to think. Fellow beloved, I want you to think. Can God give you a job in a jobless state? Yes! Probably I can't say it loud enough. Can God provide for you your need in this time of stress? Yes! Can God take care of you in any circumstance? Yes! He will even choose people to take care of you. For with God, with God, Nothing shall be impossible. The question is, is there something in my life and your life that is displeasing to God? Remove it. When I say remove it, confess it. Ask God to search me. Psalm 139.23 Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. Don't be anxious. Take no thought for your life. It's unfair to the human mind for God to feed a bird and not feed a person. Jesus died for people, not for birds. People who were made in the image of God, birds were not. That's a comforting thought. If God takes care of animals, surely he will take care of me. I ask you to give yourself to God now. As I close, recommit yourself to him. Thank him for his grace. Thank him for his forgiveness. Thank him for his protection. Thank him for his guidance. Thank him for his provision. Thank him for his friendship. Thank him for his unfailing love. Thank him for Jesus. And then say, Father, this is your child. Father, I'm in need. Be merciful unto me and see what God will do. How many will say, thank you, Father, for what you have done in the past. I know that you can take care of me right now. Just put, I, 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 just put surrender in the chat there. Just put surrender in the chat there. You are telling God he can take care of you now. No matter what the situation. And secondly, whatever you are, ask God. God, I want you to use me a, a blessing to someone. God, I want you to use me to be a blessing to someone. As you write surrender in that chat, God sees, try God. He has been proven he will give you what you need. He'll give you the victory. Trust God all the way. Just bow your heads with me as I thank God. Heavenly Father, give you thanks for your word this morning. Thank you for the message of hope. Thank you, Lord, that no matter how simple or complex a situation which is, nothing is impossible with you. Lord, help us to surrender our life to you 100% so that we can see we totally belong to you. Grant us the faith that is necessary to live and to see you till you come. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.